Hello everyone and welcome back to Cinema Gems and as always I'm your host the Admirable Admiral and as always we are in a video store somewhere in your hometown so come find us. Yes, video stores still exist and of course the Honorable Tesla is here and the fantastic Miss Frida and of course the Honorable Tesla is wearing his Happy Ponica shirt. But guys, before we go any further, I just want to specify that we had a lot of, a lot of, a lot of technical difficulties. A lot of is, that's what we refer to in the podcast genre as a lot of. Correct. So there's going to be a drop in audio quality in this episode, and it's not our fault. Well, at least not my fault. So the illustrious Butt Maestro is there. The illustrious Butt Maestro is there with the very fantastic Dr. Amon Kringle. It's Kringle season. Well, is it still? I thought it was already discontinued. It's Amon Kringle season. <laughs> For one day only, then it's immediately discontinued. <laughs> no, we might or might not bring it back for the end of the year. Let's see. We, I don't know. Who knows? It's a magical time of the year. Hi, everyone. Welcome back to Cinema Gems. We're another show on the internet where a bunch of opinionated nerds talk about the shit we love. And yeah, we got Dr. Almond Crinkle back. Woo! And we're talking about some dinosaurs. Admiral, can we talk about some dinosaurs? Of course we can talk about some dinosaurs. So, this movie premiered June 11th, 1993. The same day as Last Action Hero. Yeah, no, class, that's the best way to describe. Yeah. Best Up way to describe. Theater, June 9th, United States global release, June 11th, so literally right in between. LOL. Yep. I, right off the bat, I, I want to say this movie is uh, exactly a year minus one as old as I am and has aged much better than I have. <laughs> okay. Any of the other Jurassic Park movies. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well, I'm gonna have to agree with you on that one. And I'm sure you're gonna hear a lot of things on this show today that a lot of other YouTubers have said because this is a classic movie that everyone's watched, and I haven't heard of a lot of people that don't like it. It feels like one of those movies that, like, once it was made, it changed everything that came after it. Yeah. To me, like, I mean, like we've talked a lot about about a lot of movies here. You know that are really good movies and this and that, but this actually feels like a turning point in film. Like this, this movie felt like it was like, you know, like you were scared by the dinosaurs on the screen. You're like, why are they moving like that? There were books released on like how you can create dinosaurs out of sticking a needle in some amber and sucking the blood out of a mosquito. There's still to this day are memes going around and crappy YouTube and TikTok short videos that are just text on uh, with AI text to speech that talk about the uh, how they blew out the subwoofer to create the ripple effect in the glass as if it's news. <laughs> I thought it was just a uh, I thought it was just a guitar wire under a table. Yeah, basically. Oh, okay. they, they had sound system go boom. Exactly. And that's what made the, the ripples. Well, like, well, well, hold on, hold on. Knowing that after all these years did not in any way for me take away the magic yeah. of these scenes or the intensity of these scenes. That I've seen this movie at least a dozen times. I was still on the edge of my fucking seat when these kids were being chased around by raptors. 
Wait, you've only seen it a dozen times? They were antagonizing the Raptors. They were, they were kind of being shits. So, so, so we should talk about the music. Just get that out of the way. So, but my show. Iconic John Williams score. Of course, go ahead. Uh, thank you, Admiral, because, look, I, I'm not going to say a whole lot about John Williams' iconic score for Jurassic Park. Because beyond the first <laughs> score for Jurassic Park, it's really just been the same things like no composer including john williams has really expanded all that much on what is this lightning in a bomb you know in in the future jurassic park sequels it's all the same thing uh we saw we heard the same thing happen at the very last star wars movie rise of skywalker it was just best best of but like outside of their original context so it didn't hit home as well this is where it all starts. The first time you hear that grand theme and the first time the helicopter is soaring over uh, Isla Nublar? Or... Isla Nublar. Thank you. Uh, it, it still, it's that moment. It's the first moment. Which... Uh, and no other Jurassic Park movie can recreate that, really, I don't think. No. Which, by the way, um, I was informed by my lovely wife Patron that that means the clouded island or cloud island if you want to get phonetically spelling because you know English tries to dominate everything way to go colonialism thanks thanks oh and also we talked about last week Mrs. Doubtfire won best makeup but uh, in the Academy Awards but Jurassic Park won best sound best effects and best uh, visual effects. Oh, good, and, good and good because I'm telling you, even like a, a, a 2023 home setup, this movie still hits in every possible way. Yeah. Oh, yeah. sorry. Best sound. sound best sound effects for editing. I know this episode won't win because the sound quality is <laughs> dipping. It might be fine. It might be fine. Hi, Patron. Uh, yes, Patron is in the background. Laugh track. Sorry. Um. And, and, and also, it's funny because this movie, like, before this movie, like, every everything everybody talked about with dinosaurs was T-Rex, T-Rex, T-Rex. And then all of a sudden, though the T-Rex was such a dominant creature in this movie, we're all like, Velociraptors, what? <laughs> and, like, all of a sudden, Velociraptor becomes, like, this, like, alpha-dominant dinosaur in everybody's mind of like yeah the t-rex is real badass but the velociraptor will hunt you down and murder you (laughs) the later movies tried to retcon the t-rex being the most ferocious predator with like the super megasaurus whatever they called it when when jurassic world came out oh the indominus rex Yeah, the Indominus Rex. Everyone's like, nah, give the real T-Rex back. <laughs> um, okay, so do y'all want to know uh, some casting choices for uh, uh, Dr. Alan Grant? Indeed. Yeah, who, who besides... Uh, no, wait, let, let, me, let, me, let me hazard a guess. Who besides Our? Sam Neill? Uh, Val Kilmer? No. Harrison Ford? Yes, actually. Oh, Danny DeVito? No. Bruce Willis. No. Uh, Stallone, who played the lead in... No. Uh, Tim Robbins, Richard Dreyfus, Kurt Russell, and William Hurt. You said Kurt, Kurt Russell? Kurt Russell, yeah. I 
I was about to guess the lead from Close Encounters, but I couldn't remember his name. Richard Dreyfuss. Damn it. Oh, and also, also apparently... Sam was perfect. Oh yeah, no, he was cast three or four weeks before filming began. But also, Jim Carrey auditioned for the role of Ian Malcolm. I could have. That could have been, been pretty interesting. That could have been fun. <laughs> I feel like we would have missed out on some serious shit. And I feel like he might have taken it just a smidge too goofy. I feel like but he would have been fighting. Him in like mortal peril. I feel like. Mortal peril. I feel like he would have been fighting the special effects for the dinosaurs that they would have had to give him his own Oscar for being a best visual effect in real life. Dino, Dino DNA. He's being dinosaur. Uh, oh, and also for uh, for uh, the role of Ellie Sattler. Uh, I'm sorry, Dr. Ellie Sattler. Uh, Robin Wright. Uh, okay. Gwyn- Robin Wright. Okay, I could have seen that. Gwyneth Paltrow and Helen Hunt. Yeah, I mean they, I, the, both of them. I think was kind of. I was really hoping you were gonna say Sigourney Weaver. No. I, I no. think Sigourney Weaver would have like really dusted Sam Neill off. <laughs> yeah. Really right. Oh, and also Sean Connery uh, was considered for the role of John Hammond. I, I don't know, Richard Attenborough. Yeah, destroyed that. Absolutely. He, he knocked it out. That you know, you know, that was the first time he appeared on screen in thirteen fucking years. Shows? Oh no, no no that's David Attenborough that's, that's his younger David brother that's his, his younger brother. brother. Oh wait so what was he in before this? Uh, 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 the Christmas movie with Maura Wilson. I like how you know that right off the top of your head. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> uh, he was in a bunch of shit, but no, I love Richard Attenborough brings a certain level of kindness to the role that really makes you for a really long time for most movie actually really overlook just how scummy what oh yeah oh yeah i, I wholeheartedly <laughs> agree with that yeah like it, it, it was funny i was trying to figure out where you were going when you were saying that but i i wholeheartedly <laughs> it's, it's just like professor x yeah in the x-men it's like bro like this is cool I what you're trying to do in but like Wow, the way you went about this was wrong. <laughs> I wholeheartedly agree with that. Like, I'm sorry, X-Men 2 was the first time Fed started knocking on their doors? <laughs> Should have been much sooner. It was like, he's like, come on, y'all, let's look at all this stuff. Look at these cool cartoons. We're going to have kids here. Murder! I'm going to build a thing in my basement that lets me see into the minds of every person on Earth. <laughs> no big deal. Uh, yeah, no, that, we're, we're describing Professor Xavier, not uh, <laughs> Mr. Hammond. <laughs> Similar kind of principle. Where Mr. Like, what he's doing with this park is really fucking shady. Oh, and by the way, the the movie that uh, 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 Richard Attenborough premiered in uh, before Jurassic Park was called The Human Factor in 1979. Uh, 79 was the movie he was in before this. Yeah. What? uh, Wow. So I I guess this must have been like like a specific like request like... Can you please come back to film and do this? Can you come back out of retirement, please? Yeah, because, I mean, he was retired. I mean, yeah. Uh, and you want to talk about Muldoon? Bob Peck? Oh, wait, yeah. 
okay, what else has he been in? Because I recognize that IMDb thumbnail. He was in Lord of the Flies. He was in Edge of Darkness. Uh, Slipstream. Oh, uh, he, he had so much fun in this movie. And honestly, the like five minutes that him and Ellie are kind of buddy copying this thing before he stops and faces the raptor. He's like, oh. It's pretty great. And I wish I, we would have gotten more of that. Like, I absolutely would have gotten as much of Ellie and Muldoon just trying to track down Grant and the kids as we got Grant and the annoying kids. Uh, he's also like he's also in a movie called The Opium War that's in a historical drama from eight uh, that's set in 1839. Oh boy, okay. Yeah. So like a, a, a lot of these like char- like some of these characters are like I don't know, like, it's, it seems like they were, like, specifically pulled in for the roles yeah. that they were being envisioned. Yeah, but I, I remember Jurassic Park, you know, was the first book that I ever said to somebody, yeah, the movie was good, but the book is so much better. Mm. <laughs> and, and, like, the and this movie, and it wasn't like this movie didn't hit me like that. This movie was fantastic. But I remember the book having so many different branches off, and there must have been like a really strong vision for how to bring this to life, considering like so many of the characters yeah. on IMDb are have black and white pictures. Well, <laughs> well, you know that you know that uh, Spielberg bought the rights from Michael uh, Crichton before the book was released. Which, speaking of Michael Crichton, can we bring up his fascination with theme parks because he did. Jurassic Park, he did the Westworld novels as well as the straight to TV like Westworld miniseries way before HBO got it. Yeah, oh, back in the seventies, yeah. Yeah. Uh, what What is his fascination with theme parks? Is he a Disney Imagineer reject? What's going on? Crichton is a science monster. Yeah, That's true. He really was a sci-fi. Um, before Before we go any further, I just want to say one thing about uh Bob Peck. So uh, he unfortunately passed away in uh 1999 uh due to cancer um he fought the disease for several years um but he uh sir ian mckellen sir ian mckellen credited peck for being the actor that he learned most from oh yeah so that's really that's amazing when gandalf and magneto go i learned a great from Muldoon. sir ian mckellen yeah. Oh yeah, he would have been interesting in that role too. Oh, absolutely. He was too young, though. I feel like he was too young for that. That's just. I don't me. know. I, I feel like Ian McKellen was always like seventy years old. <laughs> Ian McKellen would have brought a certain level of sinisterness to it. Yeah. In a way that Richard Attenborough was just yeah. Kind. Attenborough was. No, 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 no. Like... I'm talking about Bob Peck, Muldoon. Oh, you're talking about uh, fucking Ian McKellen playing the hunter. Yeah. That would have been fine. Well, what about if it was, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, uh, I can't say his name. Um, Sean Collins. Edgar Allan Poe. Uh, John Cusack? Vincent Price. Yeah, Vincent Price. That oh. That's, <laughs> that's a whole different movie altogether, though. Sorry. Oh, God. That is a whole other movie. I want to see that movie, though. Yeah. Um, and look, so guys... I know we're. I know we are only fifteen minutes in, but look, this is not going to be a play-by-play review of the movie. This is going to be our thoughts about it. Okay, we're assuming you've already seen this incredibly iconic, very well talked about movie. 
everybody should have seen this movie by now. Exactly. And, and if you haven't, please go watch it. Ask any of your friends. They probably have at least the DVD, if not probably the VHS. And stop listening now, and then pick it up again later after you watch the movie. There you go. Because now we're going to be a little more spoilery. Um, so basically... As said before by Dr. Amon Kringle, they find mosquitoes in amber. Just so happens to have every exact DNA of every dinosaur ever. Mm-hmm. Yep, yeah, that's how that works. Um, that extracted, which by the way, maybe it's just me, but I always thought it was weird that man put his pinky on the amber to to steady his hand to get that amber out of it, to get the to get the DNA out of the amber. I don't. Maybe that was just me. But I, when I was watching, I was like, man, he's really steadying his hand with that pinky. You're like, not much of a scientist. <laughs> exactly. Um, and we get to see uh, Mr. DNA, who is, for some reason, a country person. Like, I love it. I've all, I've all, I, I love randomly quoting Dono DNA in random circumstances where it makes no sense. I uh, I was at uh, that voice was actually recorded by Sean Connery. I was just looking that up. God damn it! It's I not. Just made that up. Yeah, he just made it's that up. <laughs> You're imagine so Sean Connery doing that southern accent. <laughs> <laughs> no DNA. Yogi Bear. Yeah, no. The first thing that popped up in IMDb was Yogi Bear. He was apparently uh, Bugs Bunny in From Hair to Eternity. He was animated Mr. Magoo. It was, oh, Baba Louie in Samurai Jack. Okay, he's done some shit. Okay. <laughs> now he gets respect. Now he gets respect. <laughs> now he gets respect. Uh, so basically, uh, Mr. the speaking of the Mr. DNA cartoons, it was Spielberg's ways of condensing much of the novel's exposition in just a yeah. few minutes. Which, which I thought was great. It was palatable, very palatable. It yeah. worked. I understood enough of it when I was a kid the first time watching it. I understood a lot more of it now. And I've also watched enough Star Trek by now to be able to discern things that the audience is supposed to understand versus techno babble that literally doesn't matter. Yep. You know? <laughs> uh, which, by the way, this was the highest grossing movie of all time until a little movie called Titanic came along. Uh-huh. James Cameroon. Yeah, it didn't even have a this one didn't have a plesiosaur in it i think you should bring in uh sad dad number one to 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 review that (laughs) would love to review titanic with y'all i don't i don't i don't know who that is but i think we know him by a middle name another name delwood blues exactly delwood blues um, Any of our Swapper Jacks friends are going to know exactly what we're talking about. Oh, yeah, no, exactly. <laughs> Actually, you know what? They'd be like, mm, I can narrow it down to three. <laughs> well, but Sad Dad number one is Sad Dad number one. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> um, so, basically, uh, they the DNA sequence wasn't fully done, so they decided to take frog DNA... I don't know why specifically frog DNA. They never specify why specifically frogs. Because they reproduce asexually. Okay, cool. Yeah. And that would just open open up the the whole movie to a whoops. Yeah. Oh wow, life finds a way, right? Frogs are as 
they wanted to get that would be adaptable to the DNA. I, I also like to think that any actual paleontologist they consulted on this were like, hey, if we're going to make a movie that could potentially be a how-to guide of how to make your own dinosaurs, let's misdirect them a little bit. <laughs> we don't want them actually making dinosaurs, okay? <laughs> Um, like we know they're closer in DNA to birds. Let's make it based in frogs just to misdirect people for a good three decades. Yeah, but at some point we're going to get a Godzilla. Yeah. <laughs> we have to. <laughs> yeah, we have to. Oh, by the way, uh, I just want to clarify off air to clarify Dr. Almont Kringle. It is Sir Sam Neill. It is. He is. Okay. Yeah. Oh, nice. Uh, he injured his, he's he injured his I'm sorry he injured his hand by lighting the flare to distract the Tyrannosaurus Rex. In real life. Yeah, in real life, he said it dropped. Uh, he dropped it, and some of the phosphorus got on me under my watch and took a chunk out of my arm. Damn. That whole so okay so that whole scene where they were like running from the T Rex was just like so hectic like i can't even imagine how they filmed that whole like that scene like even up to where the dude gets like eaten by the t-rex on the toilet like, it's just like it, it seems like so much and like having worked in the film industry it like i understand even better how like this was not like just shot as one scene obviously but it's still like with everything that's going on it seems like it's such a complex series of events when they're like doing that initial run from the t-rex yeah. and they're in the vehicles and then they get separated like it just seems like everything seems so hectic and fast-paced and i think that's one of the things that gets people so into this movie is that like you know obviously if you've seen it 12 to 20 times like yeah. you know what's gonna happen but it's still exciting to see like the 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 uh, the truck coming down the tree yep. while they're climbing down the tree. Well, I still I giggle. This. We're still oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck oh fuck move you idiot. Oh, fuck. Which which by I the way when the kid shoots off the fence when the power comes back on like yeah. that's that's my favorite part of like almost any movie in the world. <laughs> I knew he was gonna get zapped and I knew he was gonna be fine, but I still was like oh fuck. I'm just like <laughs> you're really dead this time. He's barely dodged death like three times already in this movie. He's for real dead this time. Nah. And then he was walking with that limp when he gets back to the camp. I was like, ha, 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 ha. I don't know why, why I hated that kid. But like, I, felt like, I felt like those kids were being little brats, and I, I felt like they deserved to get jurassified. I oh. didn't hate them, but I did feel a little bit sorry for, for Dr. Samuel. Yeah. Uh, uh, Dr. Grant. Yeah, I was about to say. Um, also, apparently, um, do you know what movie won Best Picture in the year of 1982 when uh, E.T. came out? Don't look it up. Just do you know? I'm not looking it up. Close Encounters. No, that came out in 77. No. Um, so the Best Director Oscar went to Richard Attenborough, who directed Gandhi that year. So, Spielberg had to direct the man who beat him in an Oscar on how to be, uh, 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 oh jeez, uh, I can't even think of his name. John Hammond. He directed him to be John Hammond. That's just, damn, that's got some ballsy move. Maybe that's why Spielberg wanted him. No, 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 no. 
I want I want Richard Attenborough. Um, and also, I mean, he was uh, on that. They were working with the great uh, uh, Sir Ben Kingsley. Yep. Yeah. So he's, he, I guess he's used to working with sirs. Yeah. I've never actually seen that Gandhi movie. I'm gonna have to at some point. Yeah, I've seen Ben Kingsley in real life, and he looks. I don't know. Like I don't know if the dude ages. Like <laughs> he seems well preserved. He's another one of those actors that is just. Credibility. Oh yeah. Every um. Oh, and also, uh, the tropical storm that was uh that was said to you know be hitting the island. Uh, mm-hmm. the footage, the B roll that they that they filmed, that was actual footage from a tropical storm hitting when they were filming. Did they ever name that storm, or was it just a freak storm? I think it was just a just a tropical storm. I don't think it was. I don't Wait, think. Well, we we know. Being where we are, we know tropical storms do have names. No, I think I don't know if it was at a certain. Never named anything there. I, I have a few proposals: tropical storm Rex. Uh, Two on the nose. Oh, tropical storm Hammond. That's. Know, what, what, was little, what was your boy's name? Oh shit. Maldoon. Uh, yeah, tropical storm. storm Nedry. Tropical storm Nedry. And tropical uh, storm Ned. Ned, yeah. That does sound like a hurricane. No, you're right. That's a tropical storm name. It's not a threat. We should have seen Arnold saying, Get these damn dinosaurs off of this damn thing. Which, which, okay, brings me brings me to this point. Dr. Almont Kringle. Yes. There's not just one African-American that dies in this movie. There are, there are one African-American and one Afro-Latino that dies in this movie. Yes. Why, 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 why do dinosaurs, why, why? Go after, go after minorities? Yeah, why? Yeah, I mean, well, I mean, Jeff Goldblum, what, what, he feels like he should be a minority. Um, I mean, he, he's really yeah. a sincere majority. B.D. Wong was also a doctor in there that got squished. He, he was among the first people that the Raptors ever traded on, though. He was in the lab when they were hatching. But he also left. Which is why he's a... Isn't he a pivotal point in the uh, the world? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, yeah, you're right. He is in the rest of them. Yeah. You're right. You're right. Well, yeah, I guess you're right. Yeah, I mean, uh, he goes after the sincere minorities in this movie. Um, I don't know why they do that. That's uh, that's pretty messed up. Sam, I I don't know. They probably couldn't afford Samuel L. Jackson. Oh, this (laughs) this was the year before... He uh, did uh, Pulp Fiction. Yeah, uh, yeah. Um, but but Samuel Jackson, when he did Pulp Fiction, I think to be honest, at that point, he had more visibility than Travolta did. Yeah, um, yeah. Because of Travolta's like being off the scene for so long, Samuel Jackson was, you know, in all the Spike Lee movies, and like there was stuff that Sam did, like. Before that, it was like, oh, okay, Samuel Jackson and oh, and Travolta, okay, yeah. <laughs> All right. But yeah, I mean, it's like Michael- I, I agree with you. All right, yeah, Scottie yeah. Pippen, yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I, I think uh, I, I think them throwing Samuel Jackson in here was I I don't know like the amount he was in this movie just like you know he, I'm sure he wasn't making all that much money but it still is like kind of weird to think of Samuel Jackson being like such a bit character in a movie like 
<laughs> I immediately recognized his voice over the PA. GLaDOS oh, yeah. took a little bit longer, and it wasn't until we were in the room with him that GLaDOS was like, wait a minute, that's that's been Sam Jackson's voice this whole time? Yep. Uh, I still love I, I love his explanation. He turns the keystrokes off. He don't want to see what he's doing. I'm just like, Samuel Jackson, you can narrate anything, please. Yeah, go ahead. Yeah, no, absolutely. Anything. That could have been Morgan Freeman, too. I, I listened to Go the Fuck to Sleep nightly. <laughs> um, okay, so here comes, here comes a great question that I just thought of within 30 seconds of recording. Um, okay, what you got, April? If you had a chance to fight any of these dinosaurs in a back alley, who would you beat? The compies. The compies? Enough to fight a uh, triceratops, and then we just be friends. Oh, see, I would go after the gallimimus. <laughs> the gallimimus. I'm gonna tie. I'm gonna tie a hoodie over my face and just start kicking them. <laughs> <laughs> little dragon chickens. Little dragon chickens. I'm gonna kind of, and if I get in the corner, I'm just gonna kick them into the corner of the wall. <laughs> I swear to God, all I gotta do is tie something over my face. What are they gonna do if I have something tied over my face? Nothing. Oh, you talking about the Dilophosaurus? No, who are you talking about? I'm talking about the little things that catch, uh, catch Nedry. Yeah, that's the Dilophosaurus. The Dilophosaurus. Oh, by the way, that's KY Jelly. Did you know? In real life? Yeah, that's KY Jelly. So Wayne had KY all up in his Yep. Eyes. I would totally, I would totally take on the copies. I, I would, I would destroy them. The Dilophosaurus. That, like, that, whole, that whole meme about like, if you have a bunch of five-year-olds in a room, how many could you take out? It's like, man, are you kidding me? I have a question about Wayne Knight. What's a more iconic, memorable role of his? This in Jurassic Park, or? Michael Jordan's uh, groupie manager dude in Space Jam. Uh, wait, between these two? Yeah. Uh, okay, I'm gonna pick Seinfeld. I'm sorry. <laughs> I figured. Yeah, I and I hate Seinfeld, but I I would recognize this. Like, I I didn't I I thought his character in here was so slimy, oh my and God. and this also like put me on to like. The hidden containers, like the Barbasol he had. I was like, oh, shit, you can do that? <laughs> that was the first time I got a stash Dr. Pepper can. <laughs> We're going to edit all that out, right? What are you talking about? That's gold. We could, we could be anywhere in the United States. Exactly. Absolutely. Um, but yeah, like I, I, I thought, I thought his character was just like, I, I was like, I remember, from, I, I'm pretty sure, like sometime around the first time I watched it, I remember being like, having such a feeling of betrayal that he did this. Like I was just like so shocked that he had the nerve to do this in this situation. I was just like, what? <laughs> yeah. Oh, and and can we talk about Richard Kiley? Remind us who that is. The voice of the tour guide in the Jurassic Park. Oh shit! Yeah. What else has he been an admiral? Uh, he created the role of Don Quixote in the original Broadway musical *Men of La Mancha*. 
Diggs, Dr. Titan, and Patch Adams. Okay, this is a real deep cut you got yeah. here. Yeah. The Little Prince. Oh, God. Yeah. Okay. I just love that they, like, spared no expense. And I was like, holy shit, they got Richard fucking Kylie? I was like, damn. Yeah, well, that, yeah, that's another one of these Attenborough and, like, <laughs> one of those guys. Like, like there was a real vision. Like, there was a real strong vision for this to be successful. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, okay. Um, and I sent to you gentlemen um, in the chat a photo uh, of this. Uh, so, photo in question is a photoshop for his class i believe where it is in the kitchen scene and the two raptors are going around smelling around the area and a gentleman and his dog is behind it that's really funny actually and it's it it's a it's a fake advertisement for pet smart training (laughs) fucking hilarious Oh, dice. And see if Washington foodstuffs like that. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, boy. (laughs) Oh, and also, apparently, there is a a joke trailer was released a couple days ago about Survivor, about the, um, the raptor that got uh, thrown in the freezer. Oh, yeah. And I'm just like, why would y'all make this? What is happening? What? But yeah, no, so that's a joke thing. Um, oh, and by the way, this is Spielberg's most successful commercial movie. Just letting you know. Which is insane, because there have been so many others before and since. And it feels like he only makes successful yeah. commercial movies. Yeah. <laughs> like, the, the least successful commercial movie I can think of that he's made in the last 30 years, maybe, is Ready Player One. Mac and Me. Mac and me. He didn't make Mac and me. He did okay, not. He did. Up. He did not make Mac and me. <laughs> I just thought that would be a good one to bring up. I'm saying the Admiral are all the way out there and we're all the way over here having our own problems. And I, I also thought the the hunting of the people wasn't quite long enough. Like, I really, like, I enjoyed the Raptors, like, getting their hunt on. They could have drawn the suspense a little longer, and I would have still been on board. Okay, well, actually, I wanted to bring that up. So Samuel Jackson was supposed to fly to Hawaii to film uh, Mr. Arnold's death scene, but the said hurricane destroyed set, um, and it had to be scrapped. He regrets this because he would have been physically chased by them. And killed, and he really wanted to do that. Yeah, I, I could see him wanting that too. Yeah, yeah. that would have been so much fun. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I felt like there was like a like a minimal usage of that kind of thing. Like, and and you know, like they, they got chased by everything they could get chased by. So like, I understand. Like, I understand you can't. You know, there's so many scenes, like I said in the book, that were like so different and, this yeah. and that. So. I mean, I know they had to, like, I know picking and choosing what actually went in this movie had to be, like, really hard. And you know what? I, I have to I have to be under the belief that what they, there was a bunch of stuff that they did not get in Jurassic Park that they just put in Lost World. Yeah. Yeah. Because they were like, this was a good idea. We really need to use this. 
put it in Lost World because there were elements of the book of Jurassic Park in Lost World. Yeah. Even though there was a Lost World book as well. <laughs> it's a little confusing. Uh, no, it's funny because if you go and read both books, Ian Malcolm dies in the book, but in the second book, there people are like, hey, didn't you die? And he's like, don't believe that. Don't believe that. <laughs> it's like, okay. Um, so... Do you know why the T-Rex saves the characters at the end of the movie? Because he had a little little cape on. I don't think it was saving the characters. I think it was eating the little ones. No. I love you humans. It's because Spielberg decided that she was the heroine of the movie. Okay. I, I was thinking it was just like another Phantom Menace. There's always a bigger fish. <laughs> but this came before Phantom Menace. Okay, but it's Spielberg, and Spielberg and Lucas told each other all of their ideas. You're so right. Don't tell me that Spielberg didn't hear the idea of Phantom Menace. <laughs> yeah. So, okay. Lucas's condensed pitch. Also, by the way, do you know the body count of Jurassic Park? Fifteen. You're way off. I'm gonna guess uh, seven. You're pretty close. Patron guessed correctly. Five. Five. Yeah. The same as Jaws. Oh shit! Okay. Oh wow, that's that's kind of interesting. Is there a legal distinction between how many kills you can show on screen? Uh, between a PG-13 and an R. I mean, if you notice that they had to cover shit up with like leaves and branches and stuff to get a, to get away from the MPA. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. But yeah, um, uh, and wait, so okay, so wait, it was Sam Jackson. Well, I don't know if. Well, I don't know if the. Well, okay, go ahead. We'll count it. We'll count that one and see. So you got Nedry. Nedry, Sam Jackson. Uh, Mold- toilet. Muldoon. Muldoon. Uh, oh, shit, shit. Uh, Martin Trero? Yeah, 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 yeah. That might have been him. Yeah. Wait, is that, that's Muldoon, right? No, that's Robert. No, that's the lawyer. Yeah. Uh, and then, um, oh shit, he was in a bunch of college humor shit. Uh, Planes, Trains, Automobiles. Yeah, no, he's hilarious in Planes, Trains, Automobiles. He's the hotel guy. He's fucking hilarious. Got a nice watch. You got it. Who's in a single episode of the X Files? Yeah. So okay. So wait, hold on. We're getting we're getting track we off. We got Nedry. We got Sam. We got uh, Muldoon. 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 And who's the last one? Goldblum didn't die in this one. Oh, uh, your the favorite person. at all. Is he still alive in like the last few? I saw him come back at some point. The uh the uh the Afro Latina gentleman at the beginning. That's the other count. Okay. Oh. Raptor. okay. The raptor yeah. kill the raptor uh that's the, the the he was putting the raptor I don't know his his name is said in the script, but I don't know it right off the bat. Yeah. I believe you. Yep. Oh, and also, um, I believe me and Dr. Almont Kringle have a little story to tell the Butt Maestro about our encounter of a raptor. Yes. Oh, jeez. All right. It was, it was April 20th. At 420. At, at 420 of this past year. Uh, 
we acquired admission to the studios of Universal. We rode a Velocicoaster, but we also had a personal experience in a paddock <laughs> with a specific Velociraptor who crept up behind us as though it were attempting to eat us. I love and how you're doing a Australian uh, yeah, not, William I'm Shatner. Sure I don't know what that accent was either, but I liked it. I was having, I was having fun with it, yeah. Australian William Shatner, that's it. Yeah, so yeah, we had we had the Raptor experience at, on 420, at 420, at Universal. That sounds fucking great. It was amazing. It was absolutely incredible. Uh, Dr. Kringle is pulling up some pictures. Yeah, boy. Yep. yep. It was amazing. Kringle vision over here. Kringle vision. But no, uh, Coaster was amazing. That was the first time uh, I rode it and Dr. Alon Kringle rode it. And it is amazing. And I've ridden in the front row, Dr. Alon Kringle. Best seat. The best seat is that one. Yeah, Velocicoaster, I, I think uh, I, I, will, I will be very clear with this. I've never been on roller coasters like the roller coasters at Universal, and I thought it was beautiful. Uh, seventy-five miles an hour. That's insane. Yeah. Uh, and the be- quite insane. And the best part is, whenever I'm in line, um, and there are no people in the seats, I just turn to the person next to me and go, "Hey, the rap, the Raptors got him." And those people just look at me like, "The fuck did you just say?" And I'm like, "Yep." Exactly, exactly. So uh, that so basically, we're at we're at the photos part of the of the Velocicoaster tour and slash uh, Raptor encounter. So look, we have talked about Jurassic Park that it means to us. It was the first movie I ever saw in theaters. Um, I fell in love with cinema because of this movie. This is the movie. This is this movie is the reason why I do this podcast. It. I can fully believe that. It just makes me appreciate the artistic choices that directors make and also the nuances that they make with other characters and the scripts and everything. I'm not laughing at you, Admiral, I promise. I'm laughing at the pictures of you and Dr. Alma Kringle posing in front of a raptor where its handler is making some some, uh, uh, hand gestures. And we're hugging each other. Yeah. For dear life. <laughs> exactly. That's fucking funny. Oh, that's that's only a little terrifying. <laughs> um, I I think that uh, everyone should see Jurassic Park. Um, it's one of the movies that is a gut punch to cinema. If that makes a perfect sense. It really does. It is. It does. I wholeheartedly agree. This movie. Like I said, it's just a year shy of being as old as me, um, and it is aged much better than I have. <laughs> and every movie since then has been better because of it. Yeah. Yes. Yep. No other, no other movie specifically about dinosaurs, specifically about a fictitious theme park, has been anywhere this intriguing and general, genuinely investing. By the way, all I gotta say is when I watched this uh, for the third time. When I was about to review it, I laughed really hard when he goes, I knew I should have built an Orlando. I was like, what? 
What? Amazing. So there were definitely some subtle, not so subtle jabs at Disney in this. Uh, which, sure. by the way, Patron wanted to point out that uh, the Pirates of the Caribbean didn't open on opening day in Disney World on Disneyland. It wasn't open until a couple years later. So, just saying. Thank you, Patron. Um, and uh, also guys we have a rating system here on Cinema Gems a full gem an amazing movie a half gem an alright movie a no gem a horrible movie guys we, we already know so go ahead Dr. Amon Kringle you're first of course I'm gonna rock uh, one giant T-Rex tooth gem yeah, if I were to replicate the sound that I, I am hearing in my head of the T-Rex roaring and breaking my speakers, I would break your eardrums, and I love you more than that, listeners. So, yeah, it, it's obviously a whole gem. What uh, are we going to do? We have one of the most iconic movies of all time, a half gem. Just fuck that. <laughs> so, uh, I, I give this movie a one amber-filled full gem. <laughs> Gym. <laughs> um, and also, um, I was pointed out by Patron that the, you know, the, um, the, the little, that the, uh, Raptors, uh, the, the T-Rex makes yeah. is from a fucking koala. That's why it won best, best Oscar, bro. I don't think that the Velociraptors noises were made by uh turtles having sex <laughs> oh what were they made by but I, I, I i've researched it a lot i've researched the tortoises having sex a lot i watched a lot of videos is the fbi coming there, to your house so they sound like they sound like so so yeah so i i researched it i have not uncovered exactly where the noise comes from i've heard a lot of different things um but it's not tortoises having sex as far as i can determine thank you for clarifying that we were having a big old question thank you very much um so guys uh that has been our show we want to thank you marty and the arrogant zipper for allowing us to be on your website lowerainpictures.com also kevin george Thank you for lending us your music. And also, just want to say, Dr. Armand Kringle, thank you very much for coming back on. And I think we might have you on in a week or two. I don't know. Thank you so much for having me. You know, I love doing this anytime. Anytime I'm here in a heartbeat. Ooh, a Kringle heartbeat? Thank you for coming on. It's always a late Kringle heartbeat. Even if it's got some tech hiccups, like you guys don't know that I was late until I just said it. (laughs) (laughs) The illusion of listening to a show on the internet. (laughs) Uh, Just guys, just remember to take some time for yourself. Remember to help yourself before you can help others. It takes to relax, decompress, and recontextualize yourself to have interaction with any human being at all. If you like taking a bike ride, if you like going on a walk, do that to help make sure that you are in a calm state of mind before you have any interaction with a human being at all. Yep. Amen. Uh, Shout out and love to all of our amazing Swapper Jacks friends and family members. We love you all for all your input and support. Uh, Thank you. Keep it up. Yep. And also, once again, 
thank you, Dr. Amon Kringle, for coming on. Um, I love your laugh, and can you please do the laugh so I can put it at the end? Because I love that. <laughs> That's even better. Uh, we just want to say thank you again, Dr. Alman Kringle, for coming on. It's it's literally, you bring this podcast up to a B-level podcast from an F-level podcast that we're at. Yeah. S for super? Sure. F. F. <laughs> F for fucked, but you know. Uh, fantastic. Whatever, you, whatever, whatever letter you think it stands for is whatever you think is correct. Dynamite. Oh God! Um, uh, also, guys, just remember to take some time, like we said before. But make sure that we know there's a lot of stuff going on right now. Just take some time for yourself. Breathe. It's fine. But also, guys, just remember to wipe your hooves and see you later. But remember, Black Lives always matter, guys. Love y'all. Wait, love you. Bye, guys. See you later. <laughs>